0: Hello, I am Pastor Nicholas Wright of Covenant Love Christian Center. I invite you to join me now in the word with Pastor Nick. Challenging but exciting times. The Bible's told us, and I've been telling y'all for years, this kind of stuff is on its way. But I tell you what, it's not time for the church to run away. It's not time to run away. It's not time to run away from stuff, man. It's time to hit it head on. Don't run from some old virus, man. Hallelujah. 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 What's afraid of? Ain't nobody need to be afraid of nothing, man. Hallelujah. Somebody turn to Psalm 118, verse 6, please. When you get it, come up here and read it, please. Psalm 118, and verse 6. Hallelujah. Hallelujah got it. You're smiling. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. With the Lord on my side, I do not fear. What can man do to me? Let me read a few more verses of that one. The Lord is on my side to help me. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to put confidence in man. One more. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to put confidence in princess. Princess. One more. One more. Yeah. Yeah, one more. And all nations surrounded me. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. And even one more. They surrounded me, surrounded me on every side. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. I think even one more. Okay. They surrounded me like bees. They Mm -hmm. blazed like a fire of thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. Come on. (laughs) I was pushed hard so that I was falling. But the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. There you go. That's good. Hallelujah. How about somebody find Psalm 27, verses 1 through 3. You there, huh? Look at you. Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the refuge and fortress of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked even my enemies. I'm an amp. Go ahead. <laughs> when the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Yeah. Though an army encamp against me, my heart will not fear. The war oh. arise against me, even in this I am confident. Mm-hmm. You see how that just loops again right onto the top? In it this is? I'm confident. The <laughs> Lord is my light and my salvation. Hallelujah. How about 2 Timothy 1 7. Shall I feel, feel for
1: God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind
0: uh-huh. all right how about first John 416 through 18 anybody? First John 4, 16 through 18. Anybody? Everybody. <laughs> and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has, involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Keep going? Go 19 is good. Why not? We love him, because he loved us. Who first loved us? It's good. How about someone, Isaiah 54, 13 through 17? Just edify one another for a few minutes here. 54, 13 through 17. All right.
1: And all your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. And from terror, for sure it shall not come near you. Indeed, they shall surely assemble, but not because of me. Whoever assembles against you shall fall for my sake. Read
0: that one again, please.
1: Whoever assembles against you shall fall for for your sake. One more again. Whoever assembles (laughs) against you shall fall for your sake. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Mm -hmm. Behold, I have created the blacksmith who blows coals in the fire, who brings forth an instrument for his work, and I have created the spoiler to destroy. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me. Verse 17 again. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, uh, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord.
0: Mm-hmm. I have an assignment for you. You might want to try doing this. Now, that virus has a patent number. And you know what something has a patent number? You know what that means? Mm, isn't that interesting? So no weapon that is what formed. Come on now. God knew everything, man. He knew every everything. So look at here. We don't need to be afraid of anything. Now is the time to stand up. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. People talking want 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 God to move. Want God to move. Can't run away when when the opportunity is there for God to move. Can you? All right now. Hey. So uh, don't clam up. Don't stay bottled up inside. Do what you need to do to protect yourself, but be ready to be a blessing and help other people. And don't run away from what is out there in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you today. The time we have to spend in the word, we thank you for it. We believe for the Holy Spirit to enlighten us as always. We thank you for lighting this place, light in our hearts and our minds, We thank you, Holy Spirit, for being our helper and breaking the word open and making it plain to us. And we receive that from you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Turn to Jeremiah chapter nine right quick, please. Twenty twenty perfect vision. Knowing the Lord and his ways is what we're dealing with. So let's let's look at Jeremiah chapter nine, verses twenty three and twenty four. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glory, glory in this. So we can glory in something. Amen. What does he tell us that we can glory in? That he understands and knows me that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, says the Lord. But let him that glorieth glory in this, that what he understands and knows me. So God obviously wants to be understood and known by his people. And he said, the more we get to know him, we can glory and boast in that. And what is it that Jeremiah here says? God loves and he likes loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. That's what he's about doing, working in the earth. So we want to know what God is doing. We know something from what these scriptures tell us right here, that he's exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. And he said, I delight in these things. So some of the things that we have gleaned so far, all right? Clear vision begins with knowing the Lord, his nature, how he thinks and how he does things. Okay, what use is there really of talking about vision if we're not going to understand where God is coming from? All right. We don't need any more of the opinions of men, women. We need to know what God is, what's, what's on his heart. Amen. Secondly, a key to safely understanding and rightly dividing the scriptures is to understand the character of God, how he does things, and his desire for man. A lot of times, and it depends on where you are in your um, life as a believer, but many times, you know, many of us have struggled with trying to understand certain things in the Bible. And we've been taught different things. Men have these different opinions and say this and say that. But if we want to help ourselves, there's some basic things that we can grab hold of that will help us to understand where uh, God is coming from in the scriptures. Number one is to understand his character. If we understand, like, some of the things that we read right here, we know that whatever he does is going to be in loving kindness, right? All right? We know that whatever he does is going to be in righteousness and justice, all right? So whatever things are right, whatever things are just, whatever things are of of loving kindness and mercy, we know that he's behind those things, all right? So we know him, we understand his character, how he does things, and then his desire for man. What is his desire for man? His desire for man is to walk like he walks, be as he is, sit where he sits, do what he does, think like he thinks. So if we understand some basic things, it'll make the scriptures a lot easier for us to understand and rightly divide. All right. What else have we, we glean? We made the unified decision this year to be skillful with our words, to kindle and feed some good fires. Fires that will destroy all the satanic impurities around us and create a circumference, a circle of existence around us that will support the blessing of the father on our lives. Do you remember when we did that? All right. Early on in the year, we made a decision that we were going to speak words that were going to be a blessing. And if we couldn't speak those kind of words, we might learn to be quiet and not say anything until we can speak words that would be helpful and be a blessing. How many of you are speaking good words over yourself and towards other people? Amen. Okay, so a few hands and a few acknowledgement. All right, let's keep that in mind. That's important. Psalm 45 and verse 1. Let's go ahead and refresh our mind on that scripture. Psalm 45, verse 1. My heart is indicting a good matter. I speak of the things which I have made touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. And so we agreed that our tongues would be the pens of ready writers. All right. Let's make sure we continue to write good things. Amen. The Lord desires to be understood and known by his people. His character is his life is in his life. Right. Then five. When the Lord shows loving kindness and mercy, he is actually coming down to man's level in order to bring man up to his level. The ultimate of that mercy is raising us up together and having us sit together with him in the heavenlies. So when we we looked at the word loving kindness and mercy and that word, we we see it. God coming down to man's level in order to bring man up to his level. All right. Now, I want to look at a couple of scriptures here introduce a point to us today, um, another point in his character that we need to look at. I'm going to kind of take things a little bit out of order where I start in Jeremiah. Um, Let's go to Psalm 86 and then Exodus 34. We want to know the Lord, correct? He wants us to know him. Psalm 86, verse 15. But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. Let's just think about that for a little bit. Look at those things there. That the psalmist said that the Lord is that he's first of all, he's a God full of compassion, full of compassion. Full of compassion. All right. He's gracious. He's long suffering. And plenteous in mercy and truth. So do you think you're going to wear out his mercy? Do you think you're going to get all the truth that he has in one shot? No, man. But look, he's full of these things. And he this is what he's all about. So sometimes we need to just take a little bit of time and revolve scriptures like this around in our thinking. Because there are a lot of things that happen in life. We, many times, people don't think God is like these things. Like maybe a time that you missed a mark, and you think, oh, man, I done had it. God don't love me no more, or he's going to withhold this and that from me. And that's not what he said here. He's so full of compassion and mercy, he'll never quit on you. There's nothing you can do that's going to make him hate you, nothing. 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 One, one, one. Amen on that. Hallelujah. (laughs) Another one. Got a laugh and a chuckle. He's not going to turn his back. All right. Exodus 34, verses 5 and 6. This is when Moses was up in, in the face of God and... He said, you know what, Lord? I want you to, to do something for me. I want you to show me your glory. The Lord told him, he said, now, you know what, Moses? It's a nice thing you want here, but the condition you're in right now, <laughs> you can't handle it. He said, but I'm going to do something for you. All right, I'm going to pass by you. And um, I'm going to cover you, put my hand over your face. And when I get behind, a bit past, you can see my hinder parts.'" So he had to, of course, Israel messed up the covenant with Moses. He had to come and bring some tablets and have God write on them again. But let's read from the fifth verse. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him, stood with Moses there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. Now, look at it. Here we are talking about what he's full of again. All right. Now, I want to take this word out this morning, um, long-suffering. And in these two scriptures that we read here, the Bible talks to us about the fact that God is long-suffering. 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 And in both covenants, this compound word actually means to be long-tempered, to be patient, to be slow to anger, and slow to wrath. Now, how many people have thought that God is slow to anger and slow to wrath, that he's (laughs) long-tempered, that he's not, the first time somebody does something wrong and it, it, it jumps up in his face, is like, he's not going to say, well, you know what? Bam! I'm going to squish you like a bug. Or slap you into the middle of next week, as my mother would say. She, <laughs> he's not, I'm still trying to figure out how she's going to accomplish that miracle. But anyway, <laughs> I knew she was serious. <laughs> but anyway, he's not like that. And it takes a long time to wear his patience out. It doesn't happen in two days, or three days, or a week, or a month, or a year, or two years, or a decade, or a century. Come on now. When the scripture says he's long tempered, he's patient, slow to anger slow to wrath, he's not quick. The only way I found him, from what I can see, and there may be some things you found that I haven't, that he can be quick about that, is when you mess with his family. When you mess with his family. And if the ungodly come and mess with his family, and his family calls on his name, he'll be quick to deal with, with the adversaries. But when it comes to what he wants for man to desire and to have, no matter what you do, you can't wear out his patience, his long suffering, and his long temperance. Somebody said, well, how long will it last? I can't tell you exactly how long, but I can tell you it'll be a long time. Let's read some scriptures here. Let's go to first Peter and second Peter. First Peter three. Verse 20 will do. was sometime we're disobedient when once the lo- long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing wherein few that is eight souls were saved by water now if we we understand correctly we know that Noah was building that ark for a long time Noah was a preacher of righteousness and while he was building he was preaching righteousness and how right and upright and just God is And I can see him while he's making an ark, giving invitations to the people, listen, the Lord is good and merciful. He is going to come destroy this place, but he's giving you time. He's giving you time to amend your ways. He's giving you time to change your thinking. He's giving you time. He's giving you time. And, And if we look at it, I mean, we could deduced from that scripture over there in, in Genesis 6 that God said 120 years. <laughs> A lot of people don't live that long. Most people don't live that long. Most people don't live anywhere near that long. But he said, I'm just going to chill. I'm going to keep telling you what's right and give you an opportunity. And only, still only Noah and his family made it out of there but there did come a time when it ran out, but it took a long time. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. But beloved, no, I tell you what, let's, let's not do that. Let's go ahead and start at verse 1. Let's get the whole picture on this one. The second epistle, beloved, I now write it to you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust, and saying, where's the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, All things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Now, folks, they did that in that generation, but you know what? The same thing has gone on in generations after that. People have talked about the coming of the Lord. The Lord's coming back. He's going to establish righteousness in the earth, so on and so forth. And many men and women, they sneer and, you know, they, they, well, you know, you're talking about the Lord's coming. And everything just keeps going on like it is. Anybody ever talk back to you like that? over your Christian life when you came to share the word with them or to share the goodness of God or talk to them about the kingdom of God and it being established in the earth. Anybody ever talk to you like that? I've heard it. So that's nothing new. But I want you to slide down to verse verse 8. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day with the Lord says a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is what? Long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. See, so it ain't God sending anybody to hell. It's not God destroying anybody. The Bible says here he's willing that what? All, all. He's long-suffering because he wants all to come to repentance. The reason that God is so long-suffering is that because he wants everybody to be able to experience his good. That's right. That's why he's long-suffering. That's why he's patient and kind. Because he wants every single man, woman, boy, girl to have the opportunity to experience his goodness. Now, I know on our minds, it's kind of hard to, to think about that because we look at people in the way that they do things, and we think, man, why didn't they do that yesterday? And if they don't do what we think they should do in two minutes, we're ready to kick them to the curb. <laughs> Hello, don't say amen too loud. <laughs> we get short-tempered. We want to judge people. We want to jump on them. How come they, and we're the ones that want the long suffering of the Lord in our lives. We want God to be patient with us. Hello. Ain't that right? Ain't ain't that right, preacher? I know it's right. Yeah, it's right. (laughs) We do, all right? But we got to realize, okay, now we want that from the Lord, but what are we giving to other people? If they don't fix it in two days, what are we doing? Oh, we beating them upside the head, throwing them in the trash? Getting rid of them? Saying they ain't never gonna be nothing, never gonna get there? Because they don't please us. See, this something we, we gotta we have to learn this. And we have to learn to exercise it in our lives. I know it's not easy. Every one of us has been there, is there, in some form or fashion of it. We have to give people space. You remember when, he, when, when Israel came out of Egypt? He was at least patient for a generation, 40 years. So I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 40 years before all of them died out. But all during that time, every one of them had the opportunity to experience his goodness if they wanted to. Two cats made it through. Caleb and Joshua made it through. They must have known something. And think about this. They had promises. All, that whole nation had promise from God. But only two of them made it through. And you know what? Those two had to endure while God was being patient with everybody else. They had to learn that long suffering from God and not give up on the promise of being able to inherit what belonged to them. That's right. They had to walk through that. Everybody else was tripping. Even Moses got, got out of character. And all he could do was see it from a distance, but he couldn't go in. But Caleb and Joshua had to endure. And while they were enduring, they were keeping themselves young, too. Boy, they said, you know what? When the time comes for me to get in on this, I ain't going to be, not be able to take advantage of it. That's right. Caleb said, I'm as strong today as I was back then. Give me my mountain. (laughs) That's right. So now check it out. Even with our lives and our blessing, there are a lot of things that at times God has to work through to be able to bring things to us. Why? Because what he wants to do in our lives is just not for us, but for others who are involved in the blessing that belongs in our lives. And so sometimes you have to walk some things out. God bless you. Got to walk things out. And it can't be so easy to throw the towel in or pass judgment on somebody or cut them off. Somebody said, Pastor, how long will it be? I can't tell you how long. Each situation is. I can't tell you that, but I can tell you that God said I'm long suffering I'm long tempered. I'm patient and I'm slow to anger and I'm slow to wrath. James tells us the same thing, he tells us. About that wisdom and love of God, slow to anger, slow to wrath. So I see you all real excited about this. Portion of the character of God, especially when it has to rub off on us. (laughs) But nonetheless, we're talking about knowing the Lord. Right. And this is something the scriptures tell us that he's about. So, Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. And in all the things that we are looking forward to seeing God do in the earth. There's a few people been around for a while, seen a few things. And in, in, in your mind or in our minds, you can, it can look like, you know, the church is really, really backslidden. Because for the most part, that's stuff you don't see. But let me tell you something. God is at work. And he's at work in his people. He's in work at work in us. And I'm going to tell you something. No matter what it looks like. He's working on getting as many of his people involved in what he's doing as possible. And he is long suffering. So sometimes you need to get in the mirror and just say, you know what? Hold the reins. (laughs) Don't let go of the bicycle handlebars. (laughs) Don't let go of the plow. Don't take your hands off the lawnmower. (laughs) Hold on to it. Keep walking. Keep moving forward. Because if we know that the patience and the loving kindness of God is for the sake of people, us, all men, being able to experience the goodness of God, we can know that in his long temperedness and in his patience and in his endurance is a blessing for every man, every woman, every boy and every girl. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we love you today. Thank you for words of strength. Thank you for words of encouragement. Thank you for even reminding some of us of what we know you're already like. And thank you for teaching us, Lord, that didn't know that this is what you're like. We thank you for your patience and your long temperedness with us we thank you, Lord, that you are not slack concerning your promise. Do whatever it is that you have promised will come to pass. And so we determine in our own lives to stand fast and to hold on to your word that you've spoken into all of our lives. We bless you for it. We give you praise. We give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to thank you for listening to today's message. For additional messages and as a way for Pastor Nick to bless you with vital information, downloads, and gifts, please visit our website at myclcc.com. We invite you to join us again next week for The Word with Pastor Nick.